It's an unfortunate fact that the elderly are taken advantage of every day. While the laws are complicated and constantly changing, the wisest and safest way to keep track of them all is to call elder law attorney Michael Cohen. Having devoted his career to informing and protecting the elderly, Michael communicates about the law in ways that you and your loved ones will surely understand. Join us now to know your legal rights with Michael Cohen and co-host Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don. Welcome once again to Know Your Legal Rights. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., the general manager and grateful owner of God Country, Texas, KWM Radio, and I'm sitting with my co-host, my estate planner, my attorney, and my friend, and he should be your at least attorney, Michael Cohen. Hello, Michael. Hi, Don, but I'm going to give you the answer. It's actually that we're virtually sitting there with each other. Yes. Uh, I should mention that you're... At your your location and your home, and I'm in my home. We're doing things virtually due to the coronavirus, as everybody else is. Thank you. I appreciate during the pandemic. Yes, thank you for the virtual word. I feel like we're still sitting together with technology the way it is, although we're not using video conferencing. We are just talking on the phone and doing things the old-fashioned way. But um, we're still having at it and trying to. I was going to say Michael C. Cohen today, but decided not to do it. But I was reading an article in the Wall Street Journal yesterday about estate planning and how so much of it starts with communication, communication, and communication, just like they say in real estate, location, location, location. And uh, that's all you've been doing your entire life, basically, especially when it comes to estate planning and government benefits. And in this day and age, under these very extreme and adverse conditions, um, you want to communicate today about estate planning, at least the first half of the program, and in the second half, we're going to talk about Social Security. But in the first half, you want to talk about digital ideas and assets that people have that they don't realize are very important when it comes to estate planning. Yeah, well, first people, first of all, most people don't even know what a digital asset is, and I, mm-hmm. I can understand why. Uh, but mm-hmm. really, so many of us now do have digital assets, and that is like online banking accounts or social media like Facebook or Twitter or, or any of those types of uh, uh, social media. Uh, sometimes people have cryptocurrency these days. Uh, but I think that the most common things is, or the thing that's most concerning, or it could be photos as well. You know, sometimes we have uh, something on your cell phone or, or that's uh, photos. Uh, unfortunately, it reminds me that when I just even say that, it reminds me of a case that uh, I say case, it was actually friends. We had some friends uh, who had a, had two kids. One was one my daughter's age, and they had uh, our friends uh, had a younger brother who was 13 years old. Uh, we may have told this story a few years ago, um, in which the uh, 13-year-old went on a camping. He was a Boy Scout expedition at the... Um, Minnesota-Canadian border. Hmm. Unfortunately, a storm came in, and uh, a tree fell over and killed the 13-year-old boy. Hmm. The um, mom wanted to see his cell phone uh, to be able to see the photos of him. 
uh, with a smile on his face before he passed. Uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. she didn't have his password. She didn't have his password, so she couldn't couldn't have access to um, the photos, or she couldn't have access. And so, so uh, you know, you, you don't think about something like that nowadays. There's even, uh, you, you know, there's now you see facial recognition on your uh, phones to open it up, or you could have a password. A lot of times, of course, too. But still, uh, passwords are important, and it's important for you to know or let your loved ones know where your passwords might be, and perhaps even take more protection than that if you desire. Uh, by having like a master type password and things like that. But mm-hmm. uh, often we forget about things like that because remember, too, if you have access, a lot of times that may be the one that's the person who has major control of the assets immediately to pay bills after you die. But the other right. problem is that there's a lot of hackers out there as well who may want to get access to that and as quickly as possible. I always worry about, you know, with this... Um, coronavirus legislation seems like there's probably a lot of crooks trying to figure out ways to hack into anything uh, as opposed to being a productive member of society. I'm sorry if I get uh, get my political views there. <laughs> I just, I, it, just bother, it bothers me that people that um, try to use uh, uh, try to use their brain power to try to do things illegally as opposed to just being productive. So Mm-hmm. Apologize for all of those crooks out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but in any event, it's real important that be able to have, uh, you know, access to digital assets after you die because it may be on accounts. And of course, the bank. Let's say you had Social Security, and they see that somebody died, they may stop or freeze that account. So you're going to have to have something. It's always recommended in your documents. So uh-huh. when I say your documents. Uh, you could have it in your will or your trust or your power of attorney. And, in fact, we even do a, a document. A lot of times we say, okay, all our st- whoever our fiduciary is, you actually have a couple-page document that says whoever our fiduciary is. A fiduciary is like a trustee, an executor, mm-hmm. an agent under a power of attorney, that they have the authority to have access to our digital assets. Mm-hmm. So Facebook, Google, whomever it is, this is who has the authority to to deal with our digital assets. Uh, and by the way, in Texas, uh, in a couple, in 2017, so if you have an older, let's say, power of attorney, that that's I say older, anything older than 2017, if you had statutory language, that's passe because it didn't deal with digital assets. Now we had it in our powers of attorney. We didn't. We don't use like standard forms, but the, uh, so there are statutory forms, which are most commonly used, uh, but the, as far as did, so on the statutory form, uh, so to every, I don't know about every state, but Texas has a statutory form that the state legislature approved. Before 2017, they didn't mention digital assets hmm. And their laundry list of different things that are included in powers. By the way, Amazing. you can add a lot of extra stuff. Uh, you don't have to use statutory language, but the, you know, it, it wasn't until 2017. So, you know, anything that was before that, you know, Gosh. the world's changed quite quite quickly, yeah. and it continues to change quite quickly. Uh, just thinking about, you know, today, like we, gee, 
I wouldn't think that like our conferences or workshops or our telephone conferences often would be audio visual or that mm-hmm. I would have a hearing with a, a probate hearing this week um, uh, with a judge not having to go to court. You know, mm-hmm. so things have changed rapidly and uh, will continue to change rapidly. And probably the world that we know today, well, that we used to know, has changed forever. Yeah, and it yeah. is sad. Anyway, There's no so. doubt about it. And um, the, the the point of this is that you have to be careful. You have to make certain and, and remember that just because you can't see it, touch it, hug it, or kick it, doesn't mean it's not worth something. And um, when it comes to digital assets, Michael, I also understand, although I don't, maybe you mentioned it and I missed it, but when it comes to making certain uh, individuals that survive you have those passwords, uh, has uh, access to photographs, that are invaluable, maybe on the cloud and things like that. Can't you give all of that information also to your attorney, like you? You could, but I, you know, I would, you know, rad. Yes, you could. It should be mm-hmm. to anybody that you trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, you have a trusting relationship with your attorney. I think it's most important to have it. You could have it with more than one location. You know, you could have it with. Okay, I trust so and so with this particular family member. Mm-hmm. And I'm also going to let my attorney know where it is and keep that in a safe place encrypted. Uh, right. In other words, you have it encrypted at some place, whether it be in the clouds or some other spot, uh, in Dropbox or whatever, uh, That which is another thing, you know, it, that you could have as uh, passwords and uh, to that as well. Yeah. And so uh, you know, there's a lot of different things that we don't even think about. Uh, for those who don't know what Dropbox is, a lot of times we send out, just for security, um, we want to make sure that things are encrypted. Uh, a lot of times, we, in other words, a lot of times we're you know, personal information, and we don't want anybody uh, knowing that personal information. So uh, attorneys and accountants and financial advisors often use, I hope, or uh, encrypted uh, communication if they desire or if the client desires. Uh, sometimes it's not an issue. Uh, so, but we do give that ability if people want, just like on our, uh, you know, on our workshops, we, uh, have it, we don't, you know, there was a lot of concern as we've talked about in prior shows about Zoom and Zoom bombing and, and the lack of privacy that you had to do different things with Zoom for it to have, um, a platform to make sure it was encrypted. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even on that, we have it, uh, each individual uh, email or workshop is even encrypted. Uh, so, you know, it's just a matter of security and yeah. privacy. Yeah. Well, this digital thing is uh, not going away. I mean, it's been around for at least 20 years or so. I think Facebook started to really manifest itself in the early 2000s, and that has about five or six billion followers, I think, is the number about now, which is just amazing. So it's things like that, uh, whether it's email Microsoft, Office, uh, you name it. It's going to be there, and so is the cloud. And if you have anything stored in the cloud, you want to protect it. And um, if you don't have it protected, I strongly, Michael strongly recommends that you attend his next virtual online workshop, which means not in person, but online, using video conferencing, which is Thursday, April the 30th, at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And Michael's done a number of these already uh, due to the pandemic, and they've gone extremely well, been very easy, very simple to attend, 
and you get to participate in an unobtrusive way. You can simply listen and not be seen or see. You can uh, be seen via video. You can ask questions. You don't have to ask questions, but it's a free two-hour workshop that could be invaluable when it comes to your estate planning. Uh, What would you add to that, Michael? Well, I I would like to add that, quite frankly, that first of all, we make it so simple for you that all you have to do is click on one spot. So it's really very, very simple. So don't, uh, as long as you have um, something where you could just click on, uh, like a laptop or iPad, then it, you could easily join this, and it's it's and what we do is we personally I have somebody at my office to go over everything just to kind of eliminate any kind of uh, you know technological fears that you might have. Mm-hmm. So this is going to be the new norm, unfortunately, for a while. Yeah. Uh, we're doing it, and like I said, I, I wasn't used to this before uh, the pandemic, but you know this is the way we. You, you, we have to learn to adjust, and this is just the way the world is today. But anyway, we make it very simple, and we ask people what they want to know. What do you want to know about estate planning or if it's about public benefits, whether it's VA benefits or Medicaid benefits? A lot of people are concerned about nursing homes these days. It could be any type of things dealing with your estate planning, and it's free. And all you have to do to, to attend the next workshop on April 30th at 1 o'clock is um, – either call our office at 214-720-0102, that's 214-720-0102, or sign up online at DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com. And I'll also add one more thing, and that is if you do go to the free two-hour estate planning essentials workshop, then we also give you a free one-on-one meeting or we could either just talk the old-fashioned way on the phone like we're doing today, or we could have an audio-visual conference as well. So it's, it's really, so you basically you get three free hours of legal education on whatever questions you want without any obligation. It's just up to you if you want to learn and to try to help protect your, you and your loved ones and your family the way you would like under your own terms and conditions. So I think that's probably what I would add. Excellent. Thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, that gives you a complete perspective of what happens at Michael's workshops and you never have to leave your house or your living room and you can just sit in and learn a ton about estate planning. And, um, you know, with the pandemic and everything that's going on around us worldwide, um, I guess um, with this has has come too many deaths, um, tens and tens of thousands of deaths just in our country alone, which is heartbreaking. Um, but it's possible no matter who you are, no matter where you live, um, no matter um, wh- with whom you live, it, it doesn't matter. You could get it by being at the wrong place at the wrong time. So make certain that your estate planning is in order by just simply attending Mike's workshop next week. Go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com, or dial 214-720-0102 uh, to attend his next online workshop. Now, Michael, for the last 10 minutes, we want to discuss um, the state of that thing, which is um, pretty scary these days, and that is the uh, state of Social Security. And individuals who are on disability or retired are the ones, if I understand it correctly, who are eligible for Social Security. And we know it's been running out of money for years, 
and they had predicted that uh, around 2034, if memory serves, they were going to run out and not be able to pay everyone on the program. And now they've moved that up six years, if memory serves, to now 2028 at this stage with the four uh, relief packages that have been sent to uh, small business owners and, and citizens around the country. But it sounds like it's even getting worse. What do you think and what can you tell our audience about this? Yeah, no, it, it can even, it, it is getting worse. And I can't imagine um, whoever the next president is, you know, whether it's Trump or Biden, I, they're going look to be looked upon perhaps, I don't know, without, uh, they're going to get a lot of mud on their face, maybe not justifiably, because we have so much debt that I just can't imagine how we're going to, how we're going to attack this other than, well, either you have to do one of a few different things, I suppose, uh, either raise taxes or right. cut benefits or, or both or, <laughs> or have some people not eliminated from getting whatever the benefit may be yeah. or, you know, some sort of combination of those things because, uh, you know, it, it, it just, the, the debt, when you, when you think about it, we have to pay taxes. So while these people are unemployed, how about mm. the pay taxes? How are they going to pay their income taxes? This all goes into the system uh, to help fund these programs. And if you don't have the money, uh, and not to mention the fact that people are, you know, living longer. Now there will be questions like, oh, let's say, you, let's say you're 62 years old and laid off. Right. Well, should you collect Social Security? Should you collect early? You know, usually the thought process is, oh, um, uh, there's a lot of things that go into the thought process. Usually you think of, well, do you need the money now? Uh, are you going to be going back to work? Uh, uh, or are you going to, because remember, uh, just to kind of clarify for those who don't know about Social Security, it's not that we, and I'm sure people have their own financial advisor regarding this, but just as a general uh, information, you could collect Social Security at age 62, but the longer you, that you wait, uh, and you have to start collecting at 70. Mm-hmm. Full retirement age depends on your year of birth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it used to be 65, and then it went up to 66, and now it's 66 in a certain amount of months, depending upon your age, your date of birth, rather, and then it may become 67. You would think that that might be increasing. I, I always say today's 90 is yesterday's 70. People are living right. longer. So it could be that could be one of the things that they would do is continue to uh, creep up the age before you collect or full retirement age. Um, anyway, so some people might be taking that Social Security early because they say, oh, I need to get the money. Now, what happens if they go back to work? Well, if you go back to work within 12 months, you could actually have, like, basically an interest-free loan, and you can repay. And then, of course, you know, Social Security, the amount that you get is based on the highest 35 years of earnings. So it could be that you can then delay and not delay, collect until 70, and then you might have it be part of your highest 35 years. So there's going to be a lot of things to think about mm-hmm. um, now for somebody, um, whether they, maybe they're collecting unemployment, uh, unemployment maybe in the meantime, while they're waiting to get back to work. I, I don't know. It, it depends on the person's situation, but, um, and also, you know, there's not just the social security, there's Medicare. Um, you know, I don't, there was a little noticed order uh, that, there had been a lawsuit, but remember uh, Dick Army, the uh, was he a senator or representative at least, mm-hmm. um, uh, several years back, and he sure. had sued the government saying he wanted to opt out of Medicare. 
Uh, and he lost, actually, the, it's interesting, it was in the federal district court, uh, the, one of the judges, the three judges, uh, was now Supreme Court Justice Kavanaugh, hmm. and he ruled and said, no, Cheney, I mean, uh, Army, rather, you cannot be uh, opt out. Uh, there were several reasons why he wanted to opt out. Uh, the government has their own program. They have premiums that are higher. You can't use HSA accounts in certain ways. So there are certain different things that um, reasons why they wanted to opt out. Well, the president, in an executive order, although they had gone to court, uh, had issues. This was done like last November, mm-hmm. uh, something where you could where you could opt out, hmm. and, and so in other words, you could have your own health insurance without having um, and still collect Social Security. So you have Social Security without Medicare. Now the problem with that is it weakens. There's less money for Medicare, which weakens Medicare even further. Right. So we go to something where Medicare is weakened further. Well, those are the type of things that uh, Congress is going to have to consider. Uh, they're going to have to consider, oh, gee, are we going to have it higher, again, like I said, higher taxes? If you're a higher earner, does that mean that you just either don't collect or you have to pay a lot more uh, before you collect anything? Uh, I don't know. We'll find that out. Uh, are there going to? I already saw that there, uh, the state here uh, is, and I assume the federal government will do something similar. Has said, okay, because of our deficit here in Texas, what we expect for the next several legislative years, uh, that they're saying, okay, on the uh, you know governmental system, let's have an automatic five percent cut already uh, on the budget for all, whether it's going to be Medicaid or any type of uh, governmental service. Uh, so we already see the cuts. It's already coming. It's already coming. So there'll be cuts yeah. on whether it be uh, optional Medicare-type things that you would be covered before, um, maybe the age, maybe taxes, It's going to, or a combination like you said earlier. So it's going to have to be something because how do we – how do we pay for Social Security? How do we – not for getting your Social Security or your Medicare and, mm-hmm. and all the different things that are covered by governmental benefits? Mm-hmm. A lot of your clients, uh, a lot of our, our listeners um, are in that age group that um, are Medicare-worthy uh, and, and receive those benefits. And a new al- analysis from the Bipartisan Policy Center, which is a centrist Washington think tank, suggested that the economic fallout from the pandemic could deplete the retirement program's trust fund by about 2028 and deplete the disability program by 2024. The report said Medicare's hospital insurance fund, Michael, would be depleted in 2026 um, as program costs continue to exceed the trust fund's income but it noted that depletion could occur as early as 2023 in an adverse scenario of lower than expected revenues and higher than expected costs. That's pretty scary yeah, stuff. I mean, that's, it's, it's really scary stuff. Um, that's what I'm saying. Whoever the next president or is elected in the fall, uh, it's going to look really, I would think it's going to be a terrible thing because they really need to address this. Uh, right now, <laughs> I mean, because uh, and nobody's going to do anything before an election, of course. But they really need to address this immediately because the longer you wait, the worse it gets. And and I could only see 
uh, and, and God forbid if the pandemic, however long that lasts, and if, or if there's a reoccurrence in the fall, and, uh, you know, this is um, something that's going to even potentially make things a lot worse, uh, not only for our health uh, individually, but our health of our country. As a share of gross domestic uh, so product, really Social Security's annual cost is expected to increase from 5% in 2020 to about 6% uh, by 2038, while Medicare costs are projected to rise from 4% to 6% of GDP by 2044. Something's got to be yeah, done. That's pretty alarming. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> alarming. I should tell people, pretty, I should also tell people who don't know, you say, well, uh, what's the oh, difference? Here he goes. There's two different systems. Disclaimer. Social security that we get uh, when you, um, you know, when you turn somewhere between 62 and 70, but there's also uh-huh. no social security disability. Social oh. security disability is if you, yeah, if you put it into the system uh, and you become disabled before, you know, you reach that age, but certainly before you get Medicare age, you can get... Um, Social Security disability, so somebody can be 35 years old and be on Medicare uh, if they become disabled, uh, whether they were, assuming they had been working and put into the system, and then they just collect their Social Security that they may have gotten at 60-some-odd years old uh, or at an earlier age and then get Medicare. So there's there's that taxing on the Medicare system from those who are disabled as well as uh, those who are not are older. Got it. I thought you were going to do the joke that you always do, that you are an elder, elder law attorney because of how long you've well, been I, doing I, this. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I am an elder, elder law attorney. I, uh, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, I was, unfortunately, I was telling, um, I was texting a friend of mine this morning, and I was, I was sorry to hear about somebody who had, uh, we knew that was died at age 49. Oh, and boy. I said, yeah, um, yeah and, and so I was saying, oh, you know, it, 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 I, I said to him, I said, the definition of old is somebody 15 years older than you. And I said, but, of course, what I always also say, today's 90 is yesterday's 70, because people are living longer for the most part. Mm-hmm. And then, then, of course, I always also tell the story about the, um, I have a, I went to hear somebody from the Social Security Administration that used to go to people's homes when they were over 100 to make sure they collected their Social Security check. So he went to this 103-year-old's home, the person from Social Security, and he said, and the 103-year-old said to uh, the person from Social Security, um, "Now, who's the oldest person who's around here?" Uh, and and the man from Social Security Administration said, "Well, there's a 108-year-old that lives around, let's say, around the corner," and the 103-year-old says, "108? Now that's old." <laughs> everything, everything is relative. Uh, Boy, that is for sure. <laughs> and speaking of relatives, um, we have many relatives uh, that we know about, um, relatives that uh, we don't, friends, family who have relatives that are out there on the front lines, either as first responders or individuals at hospitals or grocery stores. Our hearts and prayers go out to them. And just know that uh, we're thinking about you all the time, and we don't take one person for granted. And uh, we're grateful for all that you do for us, uh, for Jennifer, the producer, for Michael, and for me, and, and of course, this entire country. Um, do your part, please. Attend Michael's next workshop, which is online, a virtual workshop 
Call 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102 to sign up, or just go online and go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com. That Dallas Elder Lawyer is Michael Cohen, and we thank you for your time today, sir. Thank you, Don. A leading estate planner practicing law in Dallas, Texas for decades now, Michael Cohen is ready to educate you about the estate planning laws that can affect your family and you. The first step is to attend his next workshop by going to his website, which is DallasElderLawyer.com. That's DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that free estate planning essentials workshop. Or you can also call him by dialing 214 214- 720-0102. That's 214-720-0102. A talk show host on 770-KAAM for six years, Michael Cohen is the person you want to evaluate and complete what could currently be a deficient estate plan. Make sure it is done your way and sign up for his next workshop today 214-720-0102.